Ah, uh, hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming in today. I know that yeah, it's Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's been quite a scorcher out there. It's been really it's been really crazy. So, um, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you uh you got you got here safely and everything. Yeah, no, I uh sorry sorry that I'm like uh, you know, like that I had to postpone the meeting like 20 minutes, you know, I had to I had to, you know, hit the bathroom. Oh. And then I had to hit the bathroom again. Yeah. Well, I'm actually I'm kind of glad. I mean, you know, I got those texts and I kind of breathed a sigh of relief because I've I've been having stomach problems recently myself. Um, but I mean, you know, this this isn't my time. This is your time. Talk about it. What's what what sort of problems have you been have you been going through here? Well, okay. Have you ever had the experience of like you're at a party and it's like kind of whack and you like yes, but go on. You like really have to shit. Like it's making you anxious. Like, mm. how badly you have to take a shit. Right. And, like, you can't, like, leave in the middle of it because there's just, like, a whole thing going on. And you don't want to be rude. Mm. Maybe you're at, like, a concert and, like, your friend's on stage. So you're like, oh, I can't leave. But, like, oh, fuck, I really want to go. I really need to go to the bathroom and also go outside and have a cigarette. And also uh puts get some earplugs that i should have got earlier and just that whole you know I, the better i think i i just have been dealing with that for like a while now yeah uh i think i've got um what's that disease gbs no um uh, a isp yeah that's the one i uh, i think that's it yeah uh yeah and i think you know i'm getting older and when you get older uh, you self-diagnose with an autoimmune disorder. Yeah. So. Well, that's fair. I um, want to give you the space to do that and thank, feel feel yeah. safe to do so. Yeah. So it's, I've just been taking a lot of probiotics, and, you know, fiber pills, you know, cutting back on the like, you know, recreational like diuretics, mm. and, you know, stuff we, like that. Try, I, I mean, that's hard because we love those. I know. I know. It's just so fun. Trying to trying to you know eat a lot more like kale, yeah, just like a handful of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's of- funny. I, I I actually just saw a movie that like really kind of captured that that feeling, uh, of needing to take a shit and being too anxious and stressed out. <laughs> uh huh. By by the experience. In fact, the, the movie actually is in part about a man. Who really has to take a, a shit? Oh, how how serendipitous! Yeah, no, we, weirdly, like I just I've never, you know, I finally understand all those posts on Letterboxd where people like talk about the new Thor movie and they're like, it's so great to see myself represented on the <laughs> big screen, right? Uh, you know, I, I get what that's like now because I uh, also have decided that I have some sort of weird bowel condition. Mm. Uh, I am, of course, talking about Elvis. No, <laughs> uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Flux Gourmet, the new film by Peter Strickland of of In Fabric, yes, and Barbarian Sound Studio, and um, a surprisingly low rated Bjork concert film. Mm, yeah, um, her her like iPad moment. Yeah, and and a movie that I think is is criminally slept on, uh, his earliest film, Catalan Varga, which uh, was on movie for a bit and does not appear to be anymore. 
that's a shame <laughs> because you did tell me about you did tell me about Catalan Varga and it sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh really good for lack of way to put it, like approach to the sort of air quotes rape revenge genre by kind of decentering it from those but not in like the annoying promising young woman way. Mm. Uh but like making it more of like a human drama rather than really about wow. uh, graphic scenes of violence against women or graphic scenes of retro retributive violence. Wow, hating on hating on a movie by women so you can raise up Peter Strickland's name. That's that's just classic. That's classic patriarchy right there. Yeah, well, I mean until until Emerald Farrell makes a better movie about <laughs> farting. Until Will, Will Ferrell's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Until the, the lady from Booksmart. Unless unless that new Florence Pugh movie that uh, the lady from Booksmart is making. Oh, man. Uh, that. Oh, man, that trailer. I saw that before some other film. And I was like, that could go either way. And then I like saw the director's name and I was like, oh, that's only going one way. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, excited during that trailer, and my excitement kind of, like, soured like a banana, just going dry on the counter. Uh, yeah. Oh, what a what a poor... But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we're here to talk about a, a different women's failed art. The main <laughs> character of this... One of the other main characters of this film, Elle, and her little uh, art triad. Um... <laughs> I think it's really cute that the film is kind of about this art residency, but it takes place in like, like, I don't like, a like, um, some sort of like mad magazine skit universe. Right. <laughs> Where they're like noise musicians, but it's like a genre of like art known as, uh, sonic catering. And everyone just kind of uses that term and refers to it as if this as if as if it's like a sculpture, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like like it's like a genre of medium or like a medium of like art that like everybody is familiar with, like the bounds of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like a in in kind of Peter Strickland fashion, because uh, I I've only seen in fabric like that's the only other peter strickland movie that i've seen but uh this kind of carries over a sensibility of like fantasy future world where the you know doing the performance art with spaghettios has become a little bit more mainstreamed uh to the extent that it's you know there's these parties at woodland mansions where people private viewings essentially honestly Fucked up that they didn't include a shout out to the SpaghettiOs. Uh, God, what was the name of that? Oh, God, I don't even know. <laughs> SpaghettiOs art piece. Well, it's like it's like that mixed with um, mixed with like a noise, like a garage noise show. Yeah, I mean, that's like a whole that I, I that is interior a kind of semiotics. Genre. That's the name of the video. Yeah, that is, I mean, like, it is a whole genre, ostensibly, of performance art, right? It's, like, performance pieces that get messy and goopy, uh, and you want to, and you bring your, uh, you bring your Gallagher plastic uh, sheet covering to cover your face. I think what I like is that, it, like, it, it could be so easy to just film basically a bunch of, like, interior semiotics jokes, because the original interior semiotics, like, you know, the, the actual 
value of the art itself aside, it right. is really funny that it's like it takes her like a really long time to open the can of spaghettios. <laughs> so like I feel like it would be really easy to just do like Austin Powers tier like set comedy bullshit with it. But it like takes the the art that they're making like seriously. Like it films it in a way that like makes it look like really cool performances. Yeah. Well, even even when it's like kind of like tongue in cheek mocking the performances. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like carrying over a really important aspect of in fabric and an, a a really necessary I think uh, aspect of in fabric is just the sort of like wall of sound effect. You know. The yeah. extreme noisiness and just the like, just totally overwhelming sensation wise. I, to tie it to the this the other thorough line of the guy who has to shit, yeah, um, which we're not exaggerating. That's like one of the main arcs of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it. There's a continuing thing in the film I noticed where there's this like the sound that they're either making or sound from something else just becomes this like almost tinnitus in the film where you don't really notice it until it cuts to a scene where it's no longer present. Yeah. Which I think if you have like a a chronic condition is very similar where it's like, you don't really notice it kind of becomes a background thing until you have a day or it gets treated or something improves on it. And suddenly you're like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I can hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my I, god, I can shit. I can <laughs> I can shit. The birds and the trees are singing. The sun is out. Life is beautiful. I'm able to shit out of my ass norm, normal without it hurting. Um yeah, kind of bouncing off what you said earlier about like seeing yourself and like like I I very similarly have similar feelings uh just as far as like yeah, I have a lot of stomach problems. I sometimes I will be at a party and I will all of a sudden just like jerk straight up, nor or like I'll just like tighten up because it it's, feels like someone just stabbed me in the lower abdomen, uh, and just a lot of a lot of digestive problems. Point being, like the movie has this very strict self awareness in terms of. You are, as an audience member, like, keeping an ear out for the same things that the character is keeping an ear out in terms of just, like, okay, is there sound that I can, like, hide my farts under? Is there, <laughs> you know? Like, if if everybody's playing loud-ass noise music, oh, I can just sit in the back of the room and fart. Uh, but it's, like, late at night and everybody's sleeping, I gotta go into the bathroom to fart and shit. Uh, and... Doing like a quick cursory look over just some small small interviews done with Peter Strickland, uh, it seems like a, a big part of his goal is to destigmatize farting and to like, and and a thing that I really like about this film is that the funniest aspects of it have nothing to do with the farting. Like the the farting, the farting and the shitting is like the emotional core of the film, and then everything else is like goofy and silly and funny. But that stuff feels more serious by comparison. Yeah, no, I I think that's like what's interesting is that like there's a lot of scatological or the the abject in the film. Yeah, you know, uh, intestines, uh, stuff that looks like blood, shit, stuff that looks like shit, farting, and all of this stuff. But it's all treated very much like 
well, yeah, this is the other side of like making a beautiful meal. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it is treated as like, yeah, these these are these are things that these characters would deal with. And these are things that like people have to deal with. And so it's treated not with like dignity, but like with a respect for how undignified it is. <laughs> for how, for how shameful it makes you feel. Yeah. There's literally uh, the fucking scene where they're all talking about like farting and Elle's character's just like, I don't fucking fart, okay? So get over it. Some of I, us are I, built different. I love that conversation because the um oh god, what's the other character's name? Um Lamina. Yeah, Lamina is just like that's physically impossible. <laughs> it's like the average person farts twelve times a week at least. And then they said like, oh, they're having this argument like over Billy, and he's just like, Oh my god, I am trying to go to bed, stop arguing about farts. <laughs> uh, and it's also great to use that to like characterize all of these characters more too, you know, Lamina trying to be like, Oh, like what's, what's like a, a something profound and meaningful. I can kind of get out of like this, you know, like our relationships to something so human. And then Elle immediately she's like, why don't do it? <laughs> well, I am not a human. I am better than a human. Actually. I'm above that. <laughs> I'm above your silly farting games that you children play. I'm like what you call an adult. Um, Such a, such a great performance of a specific type of insecure from money uh, artist, by the way. Yeah. Uh, is is Fatma Muhammad as L de L. Yes. Which uh, Fatma Muhammad, she's like in all of his movies. She was. In... Yeah, I was going to say, I think she's actually the main character from Catalina. Let me double check that. I would. I believe that. Um, I also think that she was like. The was she like the shopkeeper was she kind of the main antagonist for in fabric I, th I think something like that um yeah the uh hold on yep yeah she's she's the amazing god she's she's unbelievable oh, yeah okay you're right yes i had to like look up the 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 art the that character because i was like oh i can vaguely recall them but i'm like i thought they were a lot taller than she is <laughs> oh no sorry She's not uh, the titular Catalan Varga of Catalan Varga. She is the wife to the character that she is hunting down. Ah. So that's why I remember her, because the best scene in that film is when uh, it's her, her husband and Catalan on a boat. And Catalan just very starts slowly recounting the story of what happened to her. Yeah. Uh, and the wife is very, oh, my God. Oh my god, that's so awful! How could somebody do something like that? While the husband is just like quietly rowing the boat because he realizes why he recognizes Catalan. <laughs> god, that like that just sounds so fucking sick. I want to watch it's, that so bad. It, it's super good. Yeah, no, um, great actress. Kill fucking kills it in this movie. Incredible comedy, like sense of like comedic timing, but also like dedication to like the performance of this kind of character. Mm -hmm. She's a really uh, good control freak. There's so many moments where she perfectly conveys that like about face that someone does when they realize like, Oh no, I, I, I need to establish that I'm not actually uh, equal. We're not having a human moment here. We're having an, I'm an artist moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, the like bullshit she like when she tries to be like oh i, I thought she said planger and they're like no you didn't and she just like immediately drops it <laughs> just like <laughs> immediately 
drops like even trying to pretend that she knew what a flanger was anymore. Yeah, that oh, the idea that she's like the she's like the idea ideas guy of their band is so it's so whack. It's so funny. It's it's such a like. It's such a perfect way to like talk about art, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like art collectives and like relationships within art and like other things as well but just like the the person that like has convinced the others that they need her because she's the ideas woman but increasingly becomes obvious just like doesn't really have anything to contribute yeah <laughs> i i thought it was really i mean like i don't know the way that she just kind of incorporated stones into the act and like into the performance pieces, even though he was literally like, that's not his job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, I, Oh, it's interesting that you're going through this and like, you're going through something. So I want to make you the subject of my, my art. Such g- great compliment to crimes of the future uh, yeah. on that, in that regard, actually. <laughs> in a lot of ways. I mean, this movie definitely feels a lot like crimes of the future, but in, in, in a good way, in a way that it feels crimes of the, of the toilet. <laughs> crimes of my immediate past, which is what I call those two slices of pizzas I got from the several <laughs> ever. And oh God. Yeah. It's, it feels, it's kind of like, I don't know, in, in terms of talking about things that are, like, poison to some people, but, like, good to others. I mean, like, Flux Gourmet has this, like, fun thing in it where it kind of does this reversal where, like, and, you know, kind of wading into spoiler territory here. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> I highly recommend seeing this film uh, if you get a chance, but we already yeah. talked about spoilers. Pause here, go go to your local independent theater and then come back home, I guess. Um, but there is a, basically a scene where stones he's, I mean, like he spends the whole movie, like barely being able to eat. Um, and there's a scene where he asks somebody for like a piece of bread. And later on, as they find out that he has celiac, he can't, he has to like steer clear of gluten. So the bread, the bread that like was the thing that he was holding on to as being safe was like the thing that was actually fucking him up. Yeah, no, the, it, it was the thing that was making it worse because he had decided... It is very clear, like, he doesn't explicitly say it, but he assumes that he has a cancer of some sort. Yeah. Uh, and so he's eating bread because bread is a simple, safe thing, and it's kind of, like, very mildly, like, shit. Like, it's not, like, made a big point on it. It's, like, early on at the end of the dinner scenes, one of the characters is like, hey, I noticed you're not eating anything. What's going on? And he's like, I'm fine, actually. I'll have some bread. Very obviously, like, well, I can eat this in front of people and it won't make me sick. But then because he's getting worse all week, he's like, I'm dying. And then what a great reversal to reveal that it's like, no, it's actually because you've only been eating bread, which yeah. you are. To. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you are literally eating the one like food like group that is the worst thing for you to <laughs> eat. <laughs> no, I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm I, I'm totally normal. I'm I'm doing great this week, guys. There's no problems. Can you pass me the rat poison, please? Yeah, I'll snort it. I'll just, I'll just take, I, listen, I'm, I'm, I swear I'm fine. I just don't want any of these vegetables. Um, <laughs> oh, is that, is that just grease? Yeah, no, give me some of that grease. That, yeah. That'll be fine. I can me, keep that down. Let me slurp that out of the pan. Let me scrape that off the cast iron there. This scene of him choking out his doctor to get him to stop making, uh, literary references, <laughs> uh, which has like the great bit of like, also pays off really well with the scene of, 
Lamina yelling at him with just like fucking cut it out with the metatextual references. Yeah. That guy, uh, what a great Richard Bremer as Dr. Glock. Uh the original Lord Voldemort. Yeah. Brilliant performance. Everyone in this is just like nailing it in terms of like um playing up different types of artists who are and art liker types who are maybe a little bit hacks, yeah. but very sincere about it. I love how uh, Stones is like the one guy, the one character in the film who's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a hack. Yeah. <laughs> which which has like some really cute moments of that, too. Like the scene when he's talking about like, why did I get pulled into this art? Is it because, and you know, he does the kind of like pseudo like mystifying thing of it it's like oh because like now i can finally be like a true artist and stuff and then it's because like or no it's it's probably because i just can't say no to people yeah <laughs> just like acknowledging immediately it's like i'm i'm over intellectual i'm intellectualizing this experience that is just i am really bad at saying no to people so i even though i don't want to do this and it sucks <laughs> i just don't feel bad saying no <laughs> yeah I, yeah, he was a really, I mean, just a, a very firmly relatable character, uh, just in terms of, like, feeling out of place as a result of, like, stuff that's going on with his body, but also just just a general sense of, like, his journey being kind of out of sync with that of the people who are, like, the quote-unquote actual artists, even though they're, like, way more bickery and hacky than he is, in a sense, uh, but also on kind of bouncing off of like the bread thing, there's like an inverse of that that happens in the movie where, uh, <laughs> basically Elle does a performance piece where she takes what appears to be Stones' stool sample, uh, gathered for the doctor and rubs it all over herself, uh, and sort of, uh, you know, grosses everybody out. There's basically, like, these orgies that happen at the end of every performance uh, that, like, the audience is like, we really liked your performance. We're gonna fuck you now. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it, 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 to clarify, the way that is revealed is a perfect punchline because it's immediately after their first show and they're, like, freaking out about an accident they had, like, like where something came unplugged and they're like, oh, we had to do this stuff. It's like, it's a disaster. Like, we look like amateurs out there. And then um, Jan Stevens uh, is like, no, you guys did great. In fact, the, the audience loved it and they want to pay tribute. And she's like, oh, bring them in. So, you know, you're like, pay tribute. Like, that's weird. Is it like me? And it just like smash cuts to like the most like Gaspar Noe, like fucking orgy scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, yeah, after every performance, everybody who likes the set, uh, likes the performance, comes backstage and they have a huge orgy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is hilarious. Completely yeah. fucking great. Just uh, perfect literalization of like what of what stuff like art culture and communities are like. <laughs> Absolutely. Um but yeah, the they when she does the performance where she rubs a bunch of shit all over herself, they don't want to fuck her, which is weird. Uh weird of them. Yeah. But in either case, like that is revealed to basically be the the shit is basically revealed to be chocolate mousse uh that's put in like a stool sample jar which is like haha this is putting putting my little movie movie watcher thinking cap on for a second and kicking my little leggies here uh but it's like the opposite of the bread or whatever 
where it's like, oh, yeah, seems bad, but is perfectly fine. And we have this extended shot of the technical assistant uh, eating a bunch of chocolate mousse right after the performance. Yeah. Fi- finding the jar and doing a like, is this? No, no. This ain't shit. It's sh- this isn't shit. Literally a reverse of the, the homeless guy eats crap video. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody hasn't witnessed the cinematic cinematic history being made back Honestly, whenever... great double feature. Homeless guy eats crap and flux gourmet. <laughs> and and solo, if you want a triple feature. I think yeah. homeless guy eats crap as like the middle, is like the intermission. <laughs> it's the intermission show. It's the pre-roll. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it stands to reason that a movie about this type of performance art would just kind of go all the way with it and have just like a, a sort of a sort of shit related performance. A uh, friend of the podcast put it really well, Lonnie, uh, when he said, "He's like, yeah, it's basically like this is basically a movie about throbbing gristle." <laughs> uh, which is funny. Apparently, they played Mersbo during some of those scenes uh yeah that makes sense yeah and (laughs) also some sort of noise to have going on in the background (laughs) yeah just like noise musicians in general were were played um but and i can't remember i can't remember if i've like brought this up in a in a full capacity but i i do really want to just stress that like the noise the sound palette like i I continue to be fascinated by peter strickland's use of sound uh and how fucked up every how fucked up it is because i specifically remembered like recording part of in fabric that because like basically the long ending sequence of in fabric where uh uh fatima muhammad's character is like hiding from the like fire that's happening or something and there's this loud like alarm klaxon thing in the background that's like nothing i've ever heard before yeah no i it makes me because it's definitely obvious that like that kind of sound design is a huge theme yeah. in his in his stuff. I don't remember if it's in Catalan very much. Obviously, he also did Barbarian Sound stu- uh, Sound Studio, um, which I sad to admit I haven't actually watched yet. Um, re watching this and remembering how good in Fabric was like earlier this week has kind of moved it up on my like I should really watch that soon. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, man, that movie like. Every everything I've seen from him has been like a home run, and even if it's not something I like immediately click with, mm-hmm. it's so tasty. His movies are tasty, <laughs> but he's got such a sharp idea of like sound. The fucking weird disco music scene uh, with the guy who gets put in the dress and in fabric and spun around until he throws up. Yeah. Like the the music in that, which was just made for the film, is like incredible. It's like ins- it's just like an insane background track. It reminds me a lot of Killer Seven music, actually. Oh, that's that's that that's funny, and also I agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He has a really really strong like aesthetic grasp of what he wants. Um, and you you know, I think I think a lot of directors do, but I think. I don't agree with a lot of directors' choices in the same way that I agree with, like, Peter Strickland's choices. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's the thing about watching movies, is, like, it's it's kind of a gamble as far as, like, whether something appeals to you personally. But, like, yeah, his stuff is super, super appealing and super, super cool. 
Yeah, no, I, I think the best way to kind of describe his films is that, like, I feel like if you watch the first 30 minutes of any of them, you're probably going to be able to tell if you're going to click with it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but also do not expect any of them to necessarily follow, like, a plot arc that you would expect. Yeah. In uh, Fabric especially goes in, like... I still was just like completely gobsmacked by like the the mid actor like the midway point reveal in that film. Oh yeah, yeah. In fabric, there's a lot shocking about in fabric. That that would yeah. be. I will say that like I didn't love love this film in the same way that I loved in fabric. Um, if I were to have if I were to kind of strain out my complaints with Flux Gourmet, it's definitely like a very funny movie and very funny on purpose. Um, yeah. Not, you know, like I said, not the fart stuff, but the the kind of interpersonal stuff. But I also think that some of it, it's a little, it can be a little bit like the film starts to feel like an artistic exercise um, just in terms of kind of how things play out. Because, like all of a sudden, uh, you know, Gwendolyn Christie's character, Jen Stevens, uh, wants to fuck Billy and that, you know, naturally creates a tension in the band and like all of this sort of like spinal tap style drama that occurs basically i i was gonna say it's like i i do feel like one weakness of the film is that it feels like it's a little bit hanging its hat a bit because like peter strickland loves genre film like that's super obvious from his stuff he loves genre stuff and flux gourmet feels a little bit like it's hanging its hat on kind of poking fun at like music biopics or like music drama films Mm -hmm. um because like that whole arc with uh with Billy and Jan Stevens, like the Jan way Stevens. it concludes, Jan Stevens, the way it concludes, we're just very melodramatically. She's like throwing herself on the floor and she's like, "Don't go, Billy!" <laughs> like that felt extremely like okay, this is like a scene you've seen in like five movies about bands, and you're like, "Why do they always have a scene like this?" So you just put it in this because you thought it'd be funny. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's. That's the scene, that's the part that made my eyebrow raise a little bit, especially in a film that's like, we're talking about misogyny and patriarchy in this, uh, where, I mean, like, Elle's characters, like, she clearly has, Elle, I should say, like, has these issues with, uh, you know, the sort of grand scheme of control as it relates to as it relates to like patriarchal structures and things like that she starts with this like whole monologue about like the wife's role or whatever uh that i that i thought was like a really good i thought that was like a really really good scene uh and and while i do think that a lot of her stuff like was very interesting and very well well played through and very lived in um yeah just some of the stuff some of the set dressing some of the stuff with Gondolin Christie, uh, you know, it, the the character started acting childish in a way that like went a little bit past what was funny and became a mm. little bit more like, oh, this is like, you know, I, I've seen like 800 episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so I, I can, I can kind of oh, see the beats yeah. here, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I could, I could tell exactly what you mean, because I was going to say like, yeah, that scene is interesting to me, because it felt like it's kind of trying to interject like it's sort of similarly to the idea of like uh, a running theme of like intellectualizing something like you're like intellectualizing yourself to a point of inertia yeah um and that was sort of like a thing i took of that because it's like her 
and uh, the doctor and um, oh, I'm blanking on the other girl's name or Lamina um, all have this like argument where they all have these like different interpretations of the text and whatnot. And it kind of feels like they're all just sort of talking around it. But then when she actually reads the list, it's like cartoonishly misogynistic. <laughs> yes, it's like, like ridiculous. Like I, I thought it was going to be like she reads it and it's just like a very generic Martha Stewart kind of text. But then she reads it and it's like it's literally like wear a sexy dress. So when your husband comes home, <laughs> he finds you attractive. Make sure there's a beer for him. Take notes of things that happened in your day yeah, to that please one. your husband. Like, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that, where it's like, okay, but, like, she's right. That is, like, super misogynistic. <laughs> it's pretty inarguably misogynist. Like, she's, you could definitely argue she's, like, over-intellectualizing it to, like, for her own benefit, but she's not wrong. <laughs> like, she's... It's very clearly written to be, like a cartoon level of like okay yeah she's right that actually is pretty bad <laughs> yes um but i mean like that's really my only my only my only major concern i, I guess uh you know like it, it's it's a comedy functionally it's like a com comedy drama film so it's like a, a lot of that stuff is 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 fine uh i don't want to get through this without at least saying something about the costume design. Oh yeah. No, the <laughs> costume design, especially for Jan. Yes. Also like everyone's like heavy makeup looks are so good. Oh yeah. No, I was, I was obsessed with that throughout. I mean, Fat Fatima Mohammed's like eyeliner that extended to the inner eye and like poked out onto her nose a little bit. Like I thought that shit looked so cool. Oh, that was no. Yeah. I, I, I kept taking note of like her eyeliner and eyeshadow. Cause I was like, Hmm, ideas. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was great. Um, I think when we walked out, I said Jan Stevens' outfits looked like very creme master cycle. Mm. Like a lot of reds and whites, and then a lot of things that like would give her like a very weird silhouette for her hair and head. Even yes. when she's like in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy to see Gwendolyn Christie here. Um I I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones. I watched Game of Thrones. I saw it. Uh, and of course she was great in, in Fabric. Uh, I mean, like, there's the obvious thing that she's she's just very, she's very towering. Uh, so And so they use that, you know, to, to a very, very good effect. Like, she has just such a presence. Um, the Like, the all red outfits are, like, constantly crazy. The thing she wears toward the end where she has this, like, almost Princess Amidala, like, headpiece that... Uh, is just indescribable. It's so, so, so cool. Uh, but really my favorite thing that she wore throughout the film was her, like, night, her nighty and her, like, nightcap. With, yeah, like, it's weird it's, jester bunny ears. It's so good. And it's like, it, it, it seemed very, if, if they are doing a, like, a metatextual reference of it, it reminded me a lot of Grey Gardens. Yeah. Uh, it's the same kind of like outfit she wore a lot, um, which is like really good. It looks really good. It's a really good style. Um, also, just looked it up to to see she is six foot three. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's good when it's good. It's good. I, and you know she's and she's just fantastic. I mean, she is very 
like she has this sort of classical English diction that she just kind of like keeps up throughout the whole movie. She's very, very uh, sort of blocked. You know, she has like a good choreography. Uh, The scenes where she's like doing this sort of like (sighs) sexual hypnosis on Billy. (laughs) So fucking funny. So good. It's such a good idea for just like anything that they they want to convey in the film. They just make the most like bizarre version of it where it's like, yeah, where it's like we want to convey the idea of like sexual power or like manipulation. Uh, So it's that she finds out that he has a fetish for smelling fingers and uh, his nipples being played with. He's like a and he's eggs. like a router. Eggs. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, eggs. He's like a router that you have to like restart in a really circuitous way. It's just yeah. like okay, squeeze my nipple, then put pussy juice on your fingers, then put that under my nose, and then we're all good. We're we're off to yeah. the races. Dress like a dress like a person who serves eggs at a continental breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I wondered how much like I wondered how much Gwendolyn Christie's, like, outfits, well, her, I mean, like, her nighty thing, I was, like, wondering, but th- that seemed to not be a reference to the egg girl's cleavage. Uh, God, I hope everyone listening to this has seen this movie. This is just going to sound completely insane. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I, we are basically quoting the film directly here when we are referring to the egg girl character the egg girl's cleavage yeah the egg girl's cleavage and gwendolyn christie's pussy juice and billy's nipples and uh and the shit all of the poopy and the farts uh this is a great cannibalism the dead turtle that we didn't even talk about the 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 terrorist prank collective oh my god like so fucking funny not only do they call them i don't remember what their name was it was like the mongoose snacks or something yeah it's it's literally like it's like the man it's like the magdalene snacks is like is the name of it and like the great bit at the beginning where she's like i just don't like the way they treat like some of these subjects and she's like and then Elle is immediately offended like did you only choose me because i'm a vegetarian and she's just like immediately she's like how dare you think that that is the only reason (laughs) i choose you i did not choose them because they are hacked just like immediately (laughs) just like furious at the idea that that would be the only reason (laughs) yeah i i mean i think it's like it's so funny to just have them be this like shadowy presence like on the periphery of the plot you never really see them super majorly uh and then all of a sudden they show up and uh not only do they have a gun suddenly but they also are wearing like mime makeup no, they're wearing weird masks in that scene. Are they? Yeah, they're like weird fucked up masks. They, oh you don't see them very well, but like that's that's what they wear. It's in either case, it's very funny. Um, and I was also I mean, like, I guess we can talk about the ending a little bit uh, because there is an assassination that seems to take place. I mean, like, yet again, something that is like so the the death scene is like so comical so cartoonish that it's like it is very funny and very ridiculous that she's just like i thought of a name for our band we'll call it yeah like very very good but the recurring bit that all the names she could come up with were always ellie and the something and so the last thought is ellie and (laughs) (laughs) um 
But it, it seemed to be another bait and switch where, uh, like, the performance that had the shit but didn't have the shit. The performance where they ate her, but I think she was in the audience. Yeah, no, they, they cut to, they cut to, because she has, like, the two distinctive moles mm-hmm. on her face, and it cuts to her, and she that they are very visible. She's wearing a kind of, like, that sort of, like, a Jackie Kennedy kind of thing where she has, like, the big glasses and, like, a hood up and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you can see she still she still has, like, the two distinctive moles. So it's it's definitely her. Yeah. But I don't know. That's, that's, that, it, it provides a whole different dimension to the movie, I think, that's just, like, faking your death for art just after, after all of these, like, ego... You know, after all of this, these like ego trip situations and all of this like infighting and stuff. And and it becomes, of course, like a way for like her to save face too. where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, they're not going solo. They're not ditching me. I died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so control freak. So, yeah. so needing to control the narrative. Ugh. Yeah, that that stuff was really smart and really apt, I felt like. Well, and then and then ending on a on a uh, stones just just happy to be their face <laughs> finding the idea of marrying finding both relief and release in finding your place and position within art and community with uh, figuring out why you can't stop shitting and getting it sol- <laughs> and, and solving it by just changing your diet. God, this really is the Brilliant. same the same fucking movie as Crimes of the Future. No, it 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 is the perfect. It is it is the it is the the goofy comedy compliment to Crimes of the Future. Yeah. I I love it. I I love that this is something that's, you know, taken taken hold of the zeitgeist. I, I think we should also mention uh as maybe our, maybe our last thing, I'll say anything else to add. Um that we found out that this movie was playing here uh sunday yeah and immediately (laughs) was just like do you want to go see this tomorrow uh and both of us didn't look up anything about the film didn't watch the trailer just said a link to brew and said hey there's a new peter strickland out and we both were like let's get tickets (laughs) so we walked into this completely blind literally all we knew was the title of the film yes i actually like forgot the title of the film so i was i walked up to the lady at the the uh you know the the counter or whatever and she was like oh what are you here to see and i was like um uh one one ticket to peter strickland please (laughs) yeah let me see the that strickland joint one ticket to um fucks uh go go away or whatever it's called One ticket to, uh, I think it's Aeon Flux. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should have called it. They should have called it that. Yeah. No one else know. is using that name. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know why it's not <laughs> called that. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm just, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that there's some art out there that's reflecting the experience of people who, you know, need to fart and shit and have horrible stomach problems and stomach pain all the fucking time and have to uh have to avoid orgies because of it yeah that's that's the real under under underreported underclass of society is 
people who can't go to the orgy because they had too many pizza. And I think that's what this movie yeah. is all about. No, I, I, you know what, much like Stones, I am also finding relief and release through art. <laughs> um, that said, I, I will be using your bathroom for the next 40 to 90 minutes. Um, all right. Well, I mean, is it is it okay if I charge you for that? I mean, there's a sort of there's, you know, absolutely not. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to damn. We we don't have another bathroom in this building, so I'm probably going to have to figure something out because. Oh, that's fine. The, the the QFC down the street has a bathroom. All right. Well, last time I I'll have to I'll just ask for the code. I'll I'll see what I can see what I can do. Yeah, you can. You can do that. All right. Well, our. Do you need any? Do you need any? Do you need anything in there? Do you need any toilet paper? You, oh, you're all. Uh, you're already, already taken. Taken command. All right. Well, I. Oh, I said bye. <laughs> all right. I, I'm just gonna. I. I'm gonna bring these tums with me and just. I gotta. I gotta get moving.